Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Ladies, thank you for joining us once again on the the podcast. This is Paige here, and we have another special guest today. We have Dr. Christy Calloway. She is getting ready to publish a book. It's going to be available um, in early September. You're going to be able to purchase either a hard copy of that or a Kindle version on Amazon. And the book is called Fight, Flight, and Freeze, Moving from Victim to Survivor and Experiencing Wholeness. And um, you guys are going to have the opportunity to hear um, as one of the first audiences that she's going to get to sow this seed of heaven into. And um, in just a, a moment, Christy's going to read the preface of her book which is going to give you some introduction to her story. But I just want to say I'm someone that we're, Christy and I are not in close community together. We don't know each other intimately, but we're part of the same um, town and community. We're part of the same place of worship. And and for our listeners, you know that I've been in Uganda recently. Um, Chris, one of Christy's children, she has um, a couple of children. I'm sure you'll hear about them at, at some point. But her daughter, Lara, uh, was on that trip with me. And so if she raised that kind of person, then I know what kind of person she must be. So Christy, Thank you. tell them everything. Tell them what the doctor part is for in your name. I'm calling you Christy, but she is Dr. Christy Calloway. Um, so tell them about that and then tell them about how this book got put on your heart and take us into the preface just as you prefer to. Okay. Thank you so much, Paige. Um, first of all, it's such an honor to be here. Um, I'm just overwhelmed by how God is working things out. Um, even after he gave me this book. So um, a little bit about myself. Um, I do have a doctorate in nursing education, so nothing related to what I wrote, really. <laughs> but um, I, And I still teach nursing. I'm an administrator um, for a nursing program in the Panhan- at Panhandle State University. And um, it's fully online, so it gives me a lot of freedom to do other things and pursue other dreams that I have. So I love that part. Um, this book is something that... It's been a long time in the making, but then it happened really fast when God downloaded it to me. Yes. Um, I've felt for years that I was supposed to write, and I've journaled and started things and um, just kept um, writing things down and never felt like I really had that direction from God. And I would just be like, okay, God, whenever you're ready, I guess you'll give me what you want me to write. Um, So I had tons of ideas. Um, And then just one morning, uh, a few months ago, he completely downloaded this idea to me um, within like an hour. And um, within a month, I had the book written, the first draft of this book written. So um, it has completely been um, just God working these things out. And um, I feel like it's um, really what he wanted me to share. So I'll start. Um, I wanted to read the preface just so you guys could kind of hear a little bit about my life and what prompted me to read this book and and give me some credibility in what I'm speaking to um, in this book. So I'll read the preface now. Before I start sharing some strategies I have learned on my life journey so far, I thought I should give you some background. I want you to know where I'm coming from and why I feel so motivated to walk this out with you. For years now, friends and family and even some strangers have repeatedly told me that I need to write a book. 
I loved to write and have journaled on and off my entire life. I didn't ever, not ever, set out to have the kinds of life experiences that lead to writing a book about how to move from victim to survivor and reclaim wholeness. I have found, though, that we don't get to choose what happens to us, only what we do with it. I'm not the type to want to waste an ounce of my personal pain, so here we go. Things started out well enough for me. I grew up in a loving family in a small town with lots of friends. It was the time just before cell phones and computers where kids were still out playing all day and only came in when it started to get dark. I still marvel at the fact that my parents had no idea where I was all day long as I check Life360 to see that my kids made it to school safely. I want to pause here to say, looking back, I would classify my life as a good life all the way through. I'm going to focus on the pain points that have motivated me to write this book and have given me a heart to help you walk out this hard life from a place of wholeness instead of defeat. But that is not how I define my life. The first time I recall recognizing a pain or trauma that changed the way I viewed the world was when I was in junior high school. This one is still hard for me to share because I held it close for so long. During the daily rides home on the bus after school, a mere 15 minutes, I was sexually molested by a boy in high school. Being only 13 years old and feeling shameful about what happened led me to bury that pain and let it affect my responses to pain for years. Really, it was only recently that I began to realize the internalized pain that I had chosen not to address had affected so much of my life. I married my high school sweetheart at the age of 18 and had always wanted to be a mommy, so we started planning for our family. Two years later, I was still not pregnant. My heart was broken. I had cried and prayed and begged and still did not have the baby I desired. While I finally did get pregnant and went on to have four biological children, I also had years of infertility, two miscarriages, a premature baby, two NICU stays, and a baby boy, Jameis, who was born too early and did not survive. That was a painful time for me. It was where I just began to understand some of the principles I want to share with you. But wow, was that hard. I felt like the one thing I really wanted from life was somehow being withheld from me. <clears throat> it broke my heart every time someone close to me accidentally got pregnant. It broke my heart when babies and children were discarded or abused while I wanted one so badly. It was painful, but now it is beautiful. That struggle has made me realize how precious each of my children are. That struggle made, <clears throat> excuse me, that struggle made me a better mom. Shortly after Jameis was born and died, I successfully gave birth to my fourth child after months of bed rest. My husband had been struggling with anxiety for a few years, but it began to escalate around this time and he began to suffer from depression as well. We did our best to maintain a normal life and keep his struggles from everyone, family included. He was embarrassed and did not want people to know that he was taking medications and had even had an inpatient admission for psychiatric help. Around this time, I also found out that my husband had had an affair. It was another painful time of feeling like I was drowning while trying to maintain appearances, do well at my job, keep the house and kids running, and take care of him. I think regardless of whether you have a spouse with mental illness or who has been unfaithful, trying to do it all is a common area of pain for women. How do we do it all and do it well? Less than a year after my youngest child was born, my dad died unexpectedly. Ten months later, my grandmother died, and four months after that, my husband died by suicide. I found myself a single mom to four kids, ranging from age 14 to two. I was dealing with not only the death of three very important people in my life, but the stigma of a death by suicide and how to care for my kids through that trauma. 
This was the point where I had to make a choice. I could feel it in my bones. How I decided to handle what life had dealt me would determine the outcome for not only me, but would also impact my children and future grandchildren. Wow. When I think back to that time, I am overwhelmed with the idea that things could have easily gone so bad. I didn't even know what I was doing at the time, really. But now I see that those small daily choices were leading me and my kids on a certain path. Looking back, I see the power that I had, and I didn't even realize it. I'm glad I stumbled, even if somewhat blindly, onto the good path. Lest you think I had it all figured out and things were rosy from then on, I assure you there was more pain. I found myself in a relationship that I thought was perfect for me. It was for a while. Years later, I realized that I was struggling to feel confident about anything. The dreams I had to write and to give back to others were gone. I'd been to the doctor to have my hormones checked because I thought I was crazy. I felt completely alone, and I was staying busy to cope with it. I tried to communicate these things, but nothing changed, and I felt like it was my fault. Honestly, the strength I thought I had did not allow me to consider that I was a victim of emotional abuse. I would never be a victim of anything, but here I found myself, nothing like what I knew was the true me. I had almost completely lost myself. Once I opened up to the possibility that this was not a normal or healthy relationship, once I quit trying to maintain the appearance that it was a healthy relationship, it exploded inside of me. I felt embarrassed and ashamed that I, a strong, confident, successful woman, had let myself become a victim without even realizing it. I dove into study about emotional abuse and how to walk out of it. I began to study how to be a survivor instead of a victim. I studied what wholeness looks like, even though I felt anything but whole. I read and I listened and I asked questions, and I'm still learning. All of this has led me here to you today. I do not want to live my life as a victim. I want to be known as a survivor. I want my children to see me as a survivor. I'm still on this journey, and no doubt more pain will come. But I want to be able to take it and come out with strength and purpose and peace instead of hardness or busyness or passivity. I want to live whole. If these are the things that you desire, then let's do this together. There is strength in numbers. Will you walk out of your pain with me and find out how to be whole? Thank you so much, Christy, for giving us a preview into um, your life, your story, and and what women um, can expect to receive from this book. So just for context, if you're new listening, we are heart at Entourage. Um, We're about ministering to women and and really into wholeness. If you're familiar with Hearts at Rest, it's biblical journey out of anxiety into wholeness. And Christy, when we were chatting before, you made a comment about wholeness to me, about kind of the impossibility of wholeness Mm -hmm. and the person of wholeness. And will you just set that framework before we go into some more of the content? But what did you say to me about wholeness and, and how it's impossible on the one hand, but then totally possible to receive through Christ and other. Will you talk through that? Yes. Um, that is something that uh, God has really dealt with me a lot about really over the last couple of years um, is that actually I looked up wholeness in the dictionary and it's really depressing <laughs> because yeah. it's just this this whole complete being that's unbroken and undamaged. And um, you know that's the dictionary definition. And as I looked at that, I was like, God, why are you even having me look at this? Because there's no way I can achieve that. I mean, yeah. the damage has been done. I've been broken. Like I can never be whole. Um, but then He reminded me that whole our wholeness is not from what we do 
and um, our behaviors and even our past or our damage, our wholeness comes from Jesus. Mm -hmm. And He was perfect. And even though He was broken and damaged, He was resurrected completely whole. Yeah. And so He offers that to us. And so for me personally, I, I tend to to lean toward that busyness and working for things and thinking I have to make something happen. Um, <clears throat> but what God showed me with wholeness is there is nothing I can do to achieve wholeness. It's something that I have to just trust Jesus for. And he gives me this phrase, just rest into it. Yeah. Um, that it's not, it's not about working for it. It's about resting into that yeah. place of wholeness and allowing him to be, to create that within me. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. And I think, um, that, that whole concept sets up a lot of the framework for the rest of the book, which is about choices. And we'd mentioned the title, Fight, Flight, and Freeze. And in hearing just the different, I, I, I think as a woman, you listen to uh, the preface, which is a, a summarized version of Christie's life story. It covers so much ground that so many women walk through. I think every woman relates, at least in part, to one component. But right. in all of those things that you talked about that are traumatic experiences, we have that uh, option to fight, to flight, or freeze. And will you just explain that even from a from a, a, psych a psychology and nursing standpoint? What, it, what is that? Where's that language come from? Fight, flight, freeze. Yes. So uh, fight, flight, and freeze is actually your body's biological response to trauma. So without even thinking about it, your body automatically when you're faced with something that is scary or painful, um, you do one of those three things. You either fight back, you run um, to safety, or you freeze up. Um, and so that, I thought that was kind of when I was writing this, um, I sort of was writing the introduction and then I went back and I'm like, whoa, this is the fight, flight, and freeze response. <laughs> I didn't even have the title at the time. Um, <clears throat> But what God was showing me through that is even though those are our um, reactions immediately and we can't control those, in the aftermath and walking out of pain and trauma and things yeah. that we experience, we get to choose how we respond to each one of those. Um, so, for example, um, with the, the fight response, we can choose to become hard and we can choose to build walls yeah. and... Um, and not let people in anymore and just really protect ourselves that way. Or um, we can choose to have strength. And that mm -hmm. is found really, for Christians, it's found through weakness, um, yeah. admitting that we don't, we can't make this right. We can't make this work. But yeah. Jesus is our strength. Yeah. And right. uh, trusting Him to, to be that strength for us. Um, with the flight response, and this is the one that I have to work on because— <laughs> um, I tend to get really busy to run from having to deal with pain and trauma. Yeah. So I'll take on, I mean, there's been times I've worked three full-time jobs all at the same time. <laughs> and I was homeschooling the kids at the time and do, I mean, just doing so much. So yeah. I didn't have to think about right. what was going on. But just recently, God slowed me down um, to one job, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and it's it was really hard for several weeks. I was like, I need something else to do, and God said, I'm I'm showing you your purpose right now, and when you're so busy, you don't have time to look at where I'm directing you. Hence the rest in it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So, um, so with um, I kind of got off on that, but with flight. Um, busyness versus purpose. Yeah. So um, are you going to stay busy or are you going to 
follow your purpose that God has lined out yes. for you. Um, and then with the freeze response, we can choose passivity, where we just kind of, you know, this is my life, and, and it's kind of embracing that victim mentality is like, Looks this like is my life. a little bit. Yeah. All these bad things are going to happen. There's nothing I can do about it. So this is just what it is. Um, or we can choose peace. Yes. And, you know, the peace that God offers is way beyond our understanding. So um, that's really where... Um, it kind of the difference between those and how we can choose to walk those out afterwards. And all of those things, I think, kind of lead us to that um, area of wholeness and being able to really rest into what God has provided for us. Yeah. I love um, that you said this too when we were having conversation that if, if you talk to any of your kids, part of <laughs> The mantra that you've used in their life is that you always have a choice. Right. And um, and I think um, even about the biblical foundation of that, when Joshua is telling the Israelites when they're preparing, when they're in their wilderness phase and preparing to settle into the promised land, and he says, choose this day, choose today whom you will serve. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and we're reminded in, that God puts these choices before us of life and death. And yes. I think so often as a believer, and in especially in in the Bible bell with the vernacular we use, we think about that as like a one-time salvation to it. Like, okay, I chose life in terms of being born again. Mm-hmm. But it's every day and it's every moment that we have to choose what is the life choice and what is the death choice. And and you said something when you were talking about Jesus was broken on the cross, but He was resurrected whole. Mm-hmm. And in our sanctification, we're walking out that wholeness. And I just think about Jesus, he was whole, but he had the scars. And uh, Thomas, one of his disciples, uh, did not recognize him, but said, if it's you, let me see your scars. And Jesus chose to show his scar so that it might testify of a resurrected life. And I just see that this is, in part, what this is, Christy, this jewel, this gem that you're sharing with people. It's you bearing a scar that's not testifying of death, but it's testifying of your journey out of the grave into the resurrection life. And so I just thank you and honor you Thank you. in that. Um, I, I think that having ministered to a lot of women with, with trauma, you're right. There seems to be people tend to lean toward one or the other of the things that you mentioned of the fight, the flight, and the freeze. And so you hit more on uh, the, the busyness aspect, which would go into that flight category. And the Lord's been ministering this to me too. Productivity <laughs> is not the same as fruitfulness. Productivity right. is not the same as fruitfulness. <laughs> and so um, can you just from a practical standpoint, this may not be in the book, but just in your own life, how has the Lord helped you put your heart at rest? How has He helped you slow down enough to even recognize when you're going into flight mode in a situation? How do you discern that? Because I think that maybe is the part that we don't even know we're in flight mode and we're in flight mode. Right, right. Um, Really, we, how it kind of started for me is we made, we made a move. um, Actually, don't be jealous, but we moved to the Virgin Islands. Um, (laughs) So um, jealous. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when we got there, you know, we didn't know anyone. Um, I only had my one job. I had, had to quit my other jobs because uh, that was the only one that was online that I could do from there. Um, just had the kids and to take care of. And I just got to this place where I had to s- kind of stop and slow down. And um I was panicking, honestly, because I was like, there is not enough to do. Like, 
I, I mean, I could lay on the beach forever, but but that, you know, I right. felt like I needed to be doing things to um, really, I guess, kind of numb out. That's, you know, if you're really, really busy, you don't have to think about the things that you yeah. need to be addressing. Um, and God just really, he said, this, this is a sanctified time. Like I said, um, I, I'm wanting to show you my purpose. You've been praying for years to write, to do some things. I'm giving you an opportunity um, so you can take it or you can get busy again if you want, you know. So yeah. um, I really just spent that time just really focusing on God. Um, so when we came back to the States, um, I kind of hit that that point again. And I think it's really in practically walking it out, it's spending time with with God. Yeah. It's hard to hear Him when you stay so busy that you don't ever slow down enough to really listen to him. Yeah. And that's one thing that he, um, I would go on walks every morning and usually I would listen to a podcast or listen to music or listen, you know, something going in all the time, which is also good. But he really, um, and this is something that Lara and I have even talked about, um, really just kind of slowed me down and said, don't, don't put in your AirPods, just walk and be quiet. Give, be quiet. Give me a chance to speak. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, so just I think that has been invaluable is spending that dedicated time, whether it's walking or sitting, you know, in my comfortable chair just with the word and just listening to him. And that's really given me the opportunity to hear him. And every time an opportunity to get busy comes up, I just present it to him. You know, God, I have this job opportunity. Right. And um and really take time and don't rush into things because I think I think, oh that sounds great. It makes more money. I'll just do that. Sure. Um but instead just giving it to God and saying, okay, I'm gonna wait on you for an answer before I make a move. Yes. So it's that intentionality and walking out um that has really helped me um focus more on purpose than on just being busy. Yeah. What would you say to a woman if she's listening thinking, man, that book sounds good. All these things sound good, but I'm so far beyond being able to make a choice that would have any impact. Like feels power. She so I think maybe that comes back to the the choice of victimhood or not. But like when I just narrowed it, like, okay, how do you make a choice about flight and busyness? And she's like, I'm so far gone, I can't even make a choice. What would you say to her? I think, I mean, we all have to start somewhere. So I think even just making small choices every day, um, working toward where you want to be are is always impactful. So if you only have, you know, five minutes between the time you lay your kids down at night until you know, your show comes on or whatever. <laughs> Take that time and just say, God, help me, help me to make right choices. Um, I also think one of the things I do write about in the book is just sitting down and looking at where you want to be five or 10 years from now and really giving some thought to um, the choice that's in front of you and whether that choice is going to lead you to where you want to be or not. Yeah. So it kind of takes some some time to think about that. But if you give yourself time to think, okay, if I make even insignificant choices, if I make this choice right now, how is this going to affect my life going forward? Yeah. Yeah. What is your, what is your hope for every woman that gets this book? I know that there's certain things that you're praying already for 
the ladies that get this book right. in their hand. And we will, when this is available, we will order um, some to have an entourage to have as part of our, um, we allow women to come and take books freely. So if you're hearing this and you can't afford to buy a book, we will have one here at that time for you. But what is your prayer for the women that pick up this book? Really, my heart for this whole thing is that I I just want it to empower women to know that they have a choice and that they can live a life that they love and they yes. can live a life of purpose and of wholeness despite anything that's happened in their past. Yes. Even if it's things that they chosen themselves. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes we can choose wrong and we can actually, you know, instigate some things that happen to us that are that are difficult. Even in those situations, God is big enough that He can cover that. He can help us make choices now, and He can help us walk in wholeness. Yes. Um, so I just I want women to feel empowered to be able to to know that that's a possibility for them, yeah. and to be able to love their life no matter what it's looked like up to this point. Yeah. Has there been a particular scripture in this process that's been either in the process of the book or the process of living your life and those things that you talked about that's just carried you? And if so, what is it? There's uh, there's several. <laughs> yeah, sorry, loaded. <laughs> yeah, that was like, oh, no. Um, really, there's one I share in the book, but that one's been a more recent one. I will say the one that has carried me through so many things that God keep remind, keep, kept reminding me of, and I don't necessarily love it, but He keeps reminding me of it, so I guess I need to hear it, but it's Romans 5, 3 through 5. Yeah. And it's about being thankful yeah. when you face trials— because in those trials, you you um, gain endurance. Yeah. And through endurance, you gain character, and character leads to hope. Yeah. And so, I, like I said, I'm always like, God, why are you reminding me of that? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, but it really is. It's that it's that being able to just walk through things and having that grit and understanding that God um, is faithful no matter what the circumstances are at the time. Right. And choosing to trust Him no matter what the circumstances are at the time. And just that endurance of walking those things out yes. builds character in our lives, yeah. which leads us to being able to have hope and believe that that God yeah. um, is always faithful. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's the one that's been for years. So <laughs> That's good. Okay, a similar question. Um, if a lady doesn't have much of a prayer life, and certainly prayer is part of, of this process right. of, of resting, um, what would you encourage her to be praying for herself? There's a lot of things you pray for. So if right. you're going to tell her, okay, start somewhere, let's start right here. What would you tell someone to pray for that picks up your book? Oh, wow. Um, I think probably the biggest... Man, that is there's there's just so many things. <laughs> I know really it's hard. kind of a loaded question. It's, I'm not a one thing. I'm like, ask me one like, thing, I'll give you three. Yeah, I'm like I could. Tell you can you break so many the things. rules. We're well, yeah. making up the rules as we go. You can break them, but I just find that I find that specific prayer. I mean, the Holy Spirit right. intercedes, and the Holy, and Jesus intercedes, and the Holy Spirit leads us in praying once we are rested right. in a way that we're listening and mm-hmm. we're quiet. But I find that man, when my prayers are more specific. It does. It, it helps me measure the work that God is doing. He's right. always doing, whether we right. recognize it or not, because He's faithful, like He said. Yeah. But if a woman is like caught in this um, cycle of of response mm-hmm. and reactivity, in and knows that she's caught in that, and she wants that breakthrough in the Lord. What would you pray? Have her pray. I, so I would say, 
Um, first of all, I think praying for wisdom. Mm. Um, and even in what you're reading, being able to discern what God is saying to you yeah, that's good. through that book and through the scripture, because yes. you definitely need to be reading the scripture as well. Um, but wisdom. And then the other thing that um, I have felt from God, it just in the mid, especially in the midst of really painful times, it's just his grace to walk through things. Yeah. Um, and that, um, in, I think it's, in, I don't know if it's in the passion or the message version, but it talks about the unforced rhythms of grace. Yeah. And um, I really, I would pray for that during during hard times is like, okay, God, I know there's this place I can get to in trusting you where I'm walking through this and people are like, how, how are you, how are you making it? You know, how are you doing this? And it was just that grace yeah. um, of, of God. And it's, it's almost kind of like the peace that passes understanding. It's, yes. it's almost something beyond what you can explain. Absolutely. Um, but I really think those two things, wisdom and then the grace to walk it out, like That's God good. is asking you to, would be the things I would pray. That is good. That <laughs> I would I would agree. Like I think about w- wisdom is a value-added prayer request. Right. <laughs> Solomon asked for wisdom, and he got a whole lot more. And right. then the book of James it tells us when we pray for wisdom, God gives it generously. So that is very smart. You have passed this test. (laughs) That is super smart. (laughs) And you're right. When when there's grace for something, it just hits right at that moment. And it's just like the manna for the day in the Old Testament. You wake up, there it is. You gather it. You wake up again, you gather it again. Mm -hmm. And God has it waiting at just the right time. And so... And that's um, one thing I'm learning is to walk in that grace when things aren't painful or traumatic. Yes. (laughs) You know, that's that's hard because it feels... I mean, I feel like I just had this direct line to him in that sense when things are really hard because yes. I really am focused in on, yes. I can't do this, God, you're going to have to take over. But even when things are good and yeah. things aren't going are, are going my way, there's nothing bad happening, um, that's when I find myself getting frustrated sometimes and like drifting back into that busyness yes. and those things. But it's it's focusing on God. Even day to day, I can't do what I need to do without your strength and your grace. Absolutely. So learning to learning to have that even when things are going really well. Yeah. <laughs> hard. Just that dependency on God. Yes. Um, we have a mutual friend, Annette Rustin, and she told me this um, funny visual one time that I always picture of, of a sheep. You know, we're compared to sheep in, in Scripture. And, and in Psalm 23, you know, it talks about how the Lord, our, our shepherd, prepares a feast before us in the presence of our enemies. And you just picture in the natural all these lavish things at this feast, a large banqueting table. And then she talked about how funny it would be for a sheep to be standing up on its hind legs and like saying, look at all that I've provided for myself. <laughs> like it can't even like go and gather and be upright on its uh-huh. own. And so I think about that in the same, there are certain things like that I know, oh, I need the Lord to walk out this heartbreak. Mm-hmm. It is a disappointment. But um, Lord, where I go today and what I do, Maybe I don't need dream, but you know, like in the right. small things. But then I picture myself as a sheep, like bragging about <laughs> all these things I've gathered for myself. And it like brings me back to a place of that humility so very quickly. Yes. Um, and so I am excited for what is ahead for you, um, Christy. And I know that there will be future partnership with Entourage and in ministering to this because the the Word says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony. And this book is the Word of Testimony. So it yes. is an overcoming tool. 
that probably has brought about healing in your life, I would imagine. Absolutely, yes. And that, and where God anoints something and someone's obedient, that anointing spreads and it accomplishes its Isaiah 55, 10, and 11 word purpose all over. So ladies, if you have any inkling in your heart that you're connecting with this and you're sensing that grace or that anointing, then make it a priority to get this. If you uh, lead a women's ministry or something and you want to have uh, Christy come and, and minister, you can reach her at callawaychristy at gmail.com. And that um, Callaway is spelled C-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y. And Christy is spelled K-R-I-S-T-Y. So callawaychristy at gmail.com. And again, this book is going to be available so soon on on Amazon. And, and, and Christy, I would just ask you, um, as we close out, if there's any um, imparting thought that you want to give, please share it. But would you just pray a prayer of blessing over our listeners? I know that these words hit home, and I want to see even the transformation uh, of these words begin to penetrate their hearts. So if you'd close us out in thought and prayer, that would be amazing. Absolutely. Yes, I just thank you again for the opportunity to be here and to share this. Um, like I said, I, I every day I'm just like, Okay, God, this is this is you because I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> most of this. Um, there's a lot to getting a book published, and so um, I'm learning as I go. But I really, like I said, my heart is to see people set free and to live whole and to love their lives yes. um, here on earth. Because we know we're going to love our lives in heaven, but I want to love our lives here on earth. So yeah. um, that's really, really my heart behind this. And um, I am happy to come speak. I'm hoping to come out with... Um, hopefully this fall after the book releases, um, some video content and like yeah. a study guide to help if you want to do your own small group study based on this yes. um, for like a life group or something Great. that you'd have some resources to do that. So Absolutely. that's kind of my future plan. But anyway, let's pray. <clears throat> Jesus, I thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you for that, that steadfast love that never changes. God, I thank you that even in our dark times, even in our hard times, God, that you are there. You love us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. And God, you're always offering us that choice to choose life. Um, and so, God, I pray for anyone who may hear this today. God, I pray for them to have wisdom in discerning your word, wisdom in discerning their circumstances, and uh, wisdom in making those choices that lead to life. And God, I also pray for grace to be able to walk out um, hard things in life, but also grace to to walk in your love when, when things are good and to make good decisions every day, God. Lord, I thank you for your forgiveness when we do make bad decisions. I thank you that you don't hold anything against us, Lord, that you um, have just cast those into a sea of forgetfulness and that you love us and you see us as whole through Jesus. God, I thank you for the healing that you've done in our lives. I thank you for every woman that may hear this. God, I just pray that that you quicken her heart, no matter what circumstances she's in, that she does have a choice to walk out in wholeness and to be a survivor and to influence other women and lead them out of those dark places. Lord, we just love you. We thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. We thank you for your love for us. Um, and we just thank you for your grace to walk through life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 